Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. All right. Well, I'm so excited to be back with you, Hannah. Me too. Bonus episode number three for Mental Health Awareness Month. Let's go. I love it. Today, we're talking about destigmatizing mental health. Yeah. It's something we're super passionate about. And it's kind of what we've been doing all month and hopefully all the time in the work that we do here at OnSite. But I love that mental health is kind of getting a spotlight right now in media. I love love that celebrities are talking about mental health. I think it's great. And obviously, that that can take turns that aren't great or representative Mm -hmm. or fair or inclusive or whatever. So there's limitations to all of that. But I love that um, people are beginning to normalize it Um, because I think for definitely the generations before us. And then we're kind of on that cusp of the, yeah, like, like in, the in-between. in between generation. But it wasn't something people ever talked about. No. Because it was shameful. Yep. Something was bad. Mm-hmm. Something was broken. Something was wrong. But the reality is mental health is health. Yes. It is a part of our health. Mm-hmm. And if we ignore it, we can't truly live a healthy life. Right. I love the idea of approaching, uh, by destigmatizing it, also just accessing it as preventative care too because I think like with our health most of us aren't waiting until a terrible Mm -hmm. turn in our physical health to actively take care of ourselves whether it's uh, working out or moving our bodies Mm -hmm. or eating foods that are good for our bodies um, we've kind of been taught that that's something we do to tend to ourselves um, as preventative care and most of us have never been taught about mental health as preventative care and if we could just approach mental health as a component of a healthy life mental emotional physical spiritual all these components yeah how it could help kind of normalize the conversation. Even the actual definition of mental health is not how we think about it. So the World Health Organization defines mental health as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes their own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to their community. We think very differently around that. We think mental health is only to be thought of when you are careening towards burnout when you're overwhelmed, when you're seeking um, crisis or need like a really intense intervention. But how do we every, we, we like to talk about like mental health every day. Like yeah. There are things that we can do. And the aim is not to get rid of the stress in our lives. It's just about to build the muscles around it and the practices and rhythms that we know will support our mental health. Yeah, that's good. Our vision at Onsite is an emotionally well world. And the flip side of that is humanity reconnected, that we believe that's how we get to a connected world. We live in a time that feels so... so freaking divided and divisive. Um, But we believe that if the world is emotionally well, if I, Hannah, you, Mackenzie, Mm -hmm. we are emotionally well, that's how we we reconnect humanity and reconnect the world. But our mission statement is to design and deliver transformational experiences that optimize life and build meaning and value into the human experience. And as a mental health company, you'll notice that we didn't say – Our mission is to fix you, Mm -hmm. to solve your issues, and to make your mental health issues disappear. That's not our mission. Our mission is to help you optimize life and build meaning and value into the human experience. Mm. And if we can approach mental health in that way, that it's advantageous for us, for us, for our community, for our families, for our society, to build meaning and value into it. Like, I just wonder how the conversation would change. Yeah, and looking at mental health um, as additive Mm -hmm. and not reductionist. Yeah. Like 
me talking about the things that impact me on a mental level actually is a gift to you, and it adds to the richness of yes. our relationship. Yeah. It brings us more connection. Uh-huh. Um, there's other ways for me to show up wholeheartedly to you yeah. when I'm honoring my mental health and taking care of myself. Totally. I love that. And that's what I love that this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, and the theme for this year's Mental Health Awareness Month is Together for Mental Health, mm-hmm. and it's the whole theme is talking about bringing voices together to yeah. talk about this subject. And I think that's what we do when we go forth and share our experiences and therefore also invite others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of caring for your mental health is creating that system of support. Mm-hmm. Um, when sometimes we think about like caring for my mental health means I have a therapist. Mm-hmm. And it means that I go to my therapist every week and that's how I take care of my mental health. When really a robust support community <laughs> so looks like, you know, recovery community, friends, family, therapeutic support, maybe a mentor, yeah. maybe a, being in a yeah. faith community, maybe having a partner totally. or coworkers who are part of that. Like it's it's yeah, almost it's, like a pie chart, yes, you know? Yeah. I know you talk a lot about what's in your tool belt yeah. for mental health. And it's it's not, yeah, like – it. It totally is, and, and it is therapy. It is medication. It, it can mm-hmm. be all those things. Yeah. I know it is for me. Yeah, definitely. And it's making sure I go on walks, yep. and it's making sure I'm having time with my niece because she brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. And, like, it is so much more caring for your mental health is holistic. An approach, our kind of framework and philosophy here at Onsite, mm-hmm. we call it healing hospitality. An in-person onsite experience isn't just the group room therapy process. Mm-hmm. It is connecting with people on the back porch. Yeah. It is a meal that nourishes you. Mm-hmm. It is a soft bed at night. And so often, I know we both have done experiences here and so often from what I hear from other people too, is that yes, the the therapeutic work is truly transformational, but also the community is what yes. changes lives because we're allowed to be vulnerable. We're allowed to play. Um, we're stripped away from technology, mm-hmm. like all these different factors that play into our mental health. And that's usually what we take home. We can't necessarily take home our therapist with no. us or take home you an experience. Cannot, no. You actually cannot. But but we get to take home those yeah. practices. Mm-hmm. And um, at Onsite, we, we describe it as the two-degree shift yep. about small changes that lead to big impacts impact over time. Yeah. And that's, I think, what taking care of your mental health actually practically looks like. And so if we talk about it that way, it's actually not that scary. It no. actually doesn't have a lot of stigma because that is just, how am I human? How am I most mm-hmm. human? How am I most fully alive? And I think one of the best things that I took away from Onsite was a blueprint for safely talking about it. Mm-hmm. This was a, one of the first places that I was able to talk about my mental and emotional yeah. health. And for people to receive that, to hold that, and yeah. to say, yeah, totally, me too. Yeah. And I don't look at you differently. Yeah. It gave me a blueprint for that. Yeah. So then I went out into the world and created that. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best ways that we destigmatize mental health is just to talk about it. Totally. Yeah. It looks like saying, hey, a part of my mental health routine is that I take medication. Uh-huh. And a part of my mental health is that I have therapy or I create space in my schedule every day to move my body. Yeah. Like it just, we're just talking about it. Yeah. And it's not a. It normalizes it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It normalizes and it, it invites other people to say like, oh, would that work for me? Yeah. Or maybe I should try that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, makes it a normal part of our humanness. Yeah. You have been really forthcoming with taking medication 
mm-hmm. since I've met you. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big part of how you care for your mental health. Mm-hmm. And I have for years had a lot of stigma for yeah. me, even though I work in the mental health space, even though I would tell someone, if you have diabetes, of course you should take insulin. Yeah. But I have never been able to take that step and to say, mm-hmm. I have anxiety and maybe I need medicine. Mm-hmm. And I started taking medicine and it's been radical for my life. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely so fantastic. I wish I had done it nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was just really scared, and I was there was a lot of stigma around it, um, even working in the space that I work in. Yeah, and you needed someone else to say, like, it, yeah. it's working for me. It may work for you, too. Yeah. A safety to say, and for you to try it and say, mm-hmm. it may not work for me. I yes. remember when you started taking it, you yeah. said, like, I'm going to try this, and I'm a little hesitant about it. Yeah. And for us to say, like, hey, it may not work. It may not be the right fit for you, but let's try it and let's check back in about it too. And I'm so glad that it's helping you. I'm so glad it's going well, yes. Another win for Zoloft. Like every time something happens, I'm like, win for Zoloft. Win for Zoloft. I went to the grocery store and wasn't flooded. Like, (laughs) and I just. But I think that's so important to all aspects of our mental health. Yes. The ones that feel scary and Mm -hmm. off topic or off limits and the ones that just feel like normal. I think sometimes we think about caring for our mental health as selfish. And I think even normalizing it to say like, we check in all the time. Like, what are you doing this weekend? You checked in with me last week. You knew I was overwhelmed. And you said like, hey, what are you doing to care for yourself this weekend? And Mm. it like actually like held me accountable because I had to like make a plan. (laughs) I couldn't be like, I'm going to sit on my couch and watch a movie, which is totally fine. Which if that's what it was. Allow myself to do that if that's going to serve me. But I knew like, oh, Mackenzie asked me, I'm going to have, I have to go on a walk. I'm I told her I was going to go on a walk, so I'm going to go on a walk. And I know I'm going to go do this to go care for myself and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But just by talking it, about it, mm-hmm. um, it also brings accountability to it too, which I think is so great and needed for most of our mental health. Yeah. And one of the things I think for me taking care of my mental health, the stigma around it is that it's like really arduous. Oh. Like therapy's hard. Yeah. We talk about it. We, we call it the work. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you doing the work? She's doing the work. Right. Taking care of my mental health can also be fun. So fun. Like, like the things that bring you joy are also helping yeah. lift you. Like when I'm having a hard time, it lifts me out of that and yeah. reminds me that life is still going on, that there are people around me, that I'm connected, um, and that I can find joy. And it holds me accountable yeah. to find that joy. We were even, we talked about that in the last episode, that joy is sometimes a hard emotion to connect back with. Mm. And so giving myself this space to find things that delight me. I just read a book um, by Shauna Nyquist called I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. Hmm. And I love that she, title. It's such a good so title. Giving. Oh, my gosh. You're just a beginner. But she talks about how she takes finding delight seriously. Hmm. <laughs> like, and that's a way that she takes care of her mental health. In a really hard season, she took finding delight in the yeah. small things very seriously. Yeah. Hey friends, it's Mackenzie and Hannah, and we are popping in to talk to you about the on-site mercantile. Mackenzie, what is the mercantile? The mercantile is our online and in-person store that is full of curated emotional wellness goods, books, apparel, and basically just things from all of our favorite brands. Yeah, I love our mercantile. And that's like really not an ad. It's not an understatement. I really, really do. It's filled with so many amazing tools and resources. It's filled with really fun gifts. I feel like every time I have a friend's birthday or someone moving, I instantly head to our mercantile because I know Mm -hmm. it's not just going to be something that fills their house or fills their closet, but it's going to be a product that encourages goodness and encourages wellness. And so it isn't just something, it's something to empower someone. And I love that about our store. Our store is filled with 
books from some of our favorite authors. It's mm-hmm. filled with mementos. If you're an onsite alumni, you may see something that reminds you of your time on campus. Um, and it's filled with resources for kids and adults and all sorts of things to just encourage people wherever they are on their emotional health journey. Yeah, and we, as I mentioned, it's all of our favorite brands, and so we really have made a conscious effort and an intentional effort to bring in brands that are doing good in the world, and so I just love this collection of curated goods. Like you said, I have several items from it and absolutely love it. So as a podcast listener, you can get 20% off when you use the code PODCAST. Yeah, so if you want to check out our online store, you can find it in the link in our website, but you can also go directly to onsiteworkshops.com backslash mercantile, and that will take you to all of our favorite resources. And in the top of that navigation, there's a little gift guide, and that will kind of feature some of our favorite products that we can't wait to get in your hands. Get shopping, friends. I don't know the exact science about this because mm-hmm. Mackenzie and I are not therapists. We're not but, therapists. But uh, someone once told me, a therapist once told me that the way our brain is wired, mm-hmm. it holds on to painful or traumatic mm-hmm. or stressful circumstances like glue. It just holds on to it. Uh. Um, and those are easy. Those are pathways that just attach to some of our brain. Mm-hmm. And good things don't hold on as much. They aren't as sticky in our brains. Mm. And so we have to really put effort into good things and into noticing good things um, in order for them to stick in our brains as mm. much as the bad things, unfortunately, just are kind of easy, easily stuck. Yeah. And so if we want to course correct, if we want to replace some of these harder mm-hmm. pathways in our brain, we have to consciously search for good. And that's why I love that you said, like, mental health can also be fun. Like, Mm -hmm. what does it look like to play? What does it look like to get outside, to enjoy nature? What does it look like to be creative? And how by consciously doing that, we're actually like retraining our brain to Mm. engage in that way. That's so good. It made me think about there's so much science around gratitude Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. life-changing gratitude can be for us. It's a really simple practice, but it's the act of observing. Yeah, It's the act of finding gratefulness in the present. And it has a way of bringing you back to that. I think we talk a lot about gratitude here at Onsite, and that's a practice that we encourage people to do. And mental health can be fun. You, yeah. We talked about an in-person experience, and what we walk away with is is the community. But also, I have not laughed mm-hmm. as hard as I have laughed when I did a program. Mm-hmm. It was really fun, and yeah. I was able to tap into, we talk a lot about inner child work here, yeah. to tap into the person that I was before the world told me who to be. Mm-hmm. And she's fun. She's yeah. childlike. She's free. She has a lot of whimsy. Yeah. Like, sometimes when I am struggling the most with my mental health is when I've gotten out of line with her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I love her. I love when fun. you let her out and, <laughs> and encourage her to, yeah. to be you, too, because she is you. I think something that's important around a conversation around destigmatizing mental health is that we can also use human words. I think mm, yes. <laughs> working in mental health, I often find myself using therapy words. Yes. And sometimes that's helpful because it gives us language to mm-hmm. things. But we had a conversation with uh, Leith McHugh a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Yeah. And she kind of said, like, her daughter was like, can we stop with all the jargon? Like, yes. can we just be a family? Can we just say things? And I think that's the same with talking about our mental health is we don't have to say, like, I'm feeling really activated today. I'm feeling really activated because this medicator is off that. Like, that's helpful if this helps you get to the right place. But I can also say, like, ugh, I'm feeling 
oh, I'm feeling a lot of energy. I'm feeling mad or like I want to play. I'm or, overwhelmed yeah, and I'm I just want to binge. <laughs> yeah, like Netflix. <laughs> But just using regular human words yeah. to talk about our human mm. emotions, because that's what mental health is. It's, yes. it's humanity. And so when we try to, like, pathologize it, mm-hmm. my therapist called me out on this yesterday because she was like, you love to make meaning. You love to, like, yes. tie it together. You love to ha- have it be clear. You love for it to make sense to me. She was like, you don't have to make sense to me. I'm your therapist. Like, you could, you just get to just say how it feels. Mm. And then we can sit with that. But it's uncomfortable for so many of us. And so if we just talked about mental health the way that we talked about anything else, about yeah. like, oh, this is really frustrating or mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to therapy today. Like just talking about it <laughs> is helpful to talk about it like a human talks about anything. Yeah. That is something that I feel acutely working in this space. Yeah. <laughs> like working together, we we just have the curse of knowledge is what I call it. Like we yeah. know a lot. Yeah. But then that doesn't appeal yeah. to people. We like again, it's the work. It's yes. arduous and it, it yeah. feels it also feels really othering. It feels like the only way that you can be a part of taking care of your mental health is to be in this exclusive club. Yeah. Um and you so how do we make it more normal? That's a big part of it is not making it this elite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at this othering thing. It feels really hard to achieve when you have language you don't have. Knowledge is powerful and empowering Mm -hmm. and helpful in its place. Yesterday in my therapy, like it was helpful that my therapist could mention polyvagal theory and I knew what she was talking about. And that was helpful for me Mm -hmm. to get somewhere I needed to go. But we skipped, we didn't, I stopped saying polyvagal theory or I'm going into dorsal vagal right now. And I just said like, I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling like I'm frozen. Um, because those are human words. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And and I think like oftentimes with inner child work, so much of our work around, revolves around inner child or accessing mm-hmm. that. And a seven-year-old wouldn't know what to say no. about mental health. They would say, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Or they would say, I'm alone. They wouldn't know the labels to it. And so I think the more we can revert back to that. The simplest. Yeah, the simple, true, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I need. Yeah. Um, I love... Um, I think a good way to to jump in and to stigmatize it by talking about it is doing a, like what we call a feelings check in. Yeah, and so maybe we, maybe we do that right now. What What are you feeling right now, Mackenzie? What's an emotion you're feeling right now? Um, I think another thing that I have learned as I've gotten more in touch with myself is that two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. I am feeling depleted mm-hmm. while also feeling kind of excited. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel that in your body? Um, I feel the depletedness in my shoulders and in my neck. Like, I'm, it's Friday. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. It's been a really, really busy jam-packed week. Um, so I'm feeling that. And then I'm feeling kind of excited in my stomach and my chest. I'm mm-hmm. like, kind of got some some energy, you know? Yeah. And how big do you feel that? I feel like it's a six. Like, the energy feels like a six. The depletion feels like a four. Okay. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, what about? But that's such a practical yeah, tool. So practical. That we all can do every day mm-hmm. um, with ourselves and with others. And that, you'll notice Mackenzie didn't say any words that were uh, from therapy. There was no lingo in there that mm-hmm. we had to dissect. She said, I'm feeling excited. Excited. I feel tired. it in my <laughs> belly. Yeah. I feel it at a six. Mm-hmm. Those are words that literally a kid could say, yeah. but it helped you slow down, mm-hmm. helped you get in touch with what you're feeling. And that was you talking about your mental health. Yeah. Like it didn't have to be a big thing and it just got to be normal part of a check-in for you. 
Yeah, I'm starting to do that with my daughter who's yeah. 20 months old. Right. I just say like, oh, you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. I know you're mad. I know you're, maybe you're scared. You were really scared and did a brave thing. Mm-hmm. She went to the chiropractor yesterday. Yeah. And my husband took her and he just said like, I was watching her little body. She was so scared and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And if I did that in therapy jargon, I'd be like, and she was right. just feeling a lot of emotions and they were building and it was, you know, right, whatever. Right, like, right, no, right. she was scared and she was yes, getting more scared yeah. the closer the she doctor to got scream. to her. <laughs> yeah. And she was just losing it and trying to hold it together. Yeah. Um, but just saying like, hey, you're scared and you were scared and you also did a brave thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have to, we can, two things can be true. You can be brave and scared at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think something that we're both guilty of, which mm-hmm. I know we're both working on towards, is like not wrapping it. Like yes. having that just be sometimes the answer oh, is I'm like scared. I'm scared. Period. Period. It like it's hard. physically I want to vomit when I say that. Like it's hard to yeah. just say that because I want to say like I want to know why. I want to know mm-hmm. I'm scared because of this thing and this past thing in my trauma and this is what's showing up and this is why it's activating it and like that can be helpful but to it can a degree. Be to have control. Yeah, but it's totally a control thing. And sometimes we just need to just sit with it. And maybe mm-hmm. we'll get to that later. Maybe we'll get to this yeah. making sense of it one day. Mm-hmm. But for I think I use that as a means to not sit with things. Mm-hmm. I use it as a way to skip ahead to yeah. course correcting or do, feeling something different. It's my ejecting. It's like me saying oh. like, nope, I, I know why. And so now I know how, we don't how have to get to out of it. More. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to sit with it. And so mm-hmm. I think that's something that we both are conscious of yep. and something that I know I want to be working towards is mm-hmm. saying like not – just sitting with whatever it is, even if it's not a bad thing. Sitting with good things is uncomfortable too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really hopeful. And that's vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's vulnerable because we can be let down or mm-hmm. anything. And so I think that's a huge way too, to just lean into those conversations around mental health, mm-hmm. being health, our yeah. humanity, yep. any of it, how to live a full life is just allowing – Normal words to sit, to feel, totally, and take up space because they matter. Yeah. So a couple resources that came to mind as we were talking about language and all of that, we will put, um, we've got a feelings chart that we'll put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. That's been a really helpful yeah. thing for me just yeah. to say like, what am I feeling? Because sometimes I can say I'm feeling angry, but actually when I get down to it, like I'm terrified, mm-hmm. you know? And so totally. we had that resource for you. I've also been reading uh, Brene Brown's new work called yeah. uh, Atlas of the Heart. And that's all about language that is approachable yeah. around our mental health and the experiences and the things that we undergo. So she outlines, I think it's like 83, experiences and emotions that we all feel. And that. just the normal everyday language that she uses. She's really passionate about using language that we actually use. Yeah. So what is the difference between envy and jealousy? Yeah. Like just, it's been so good and I keep going back to it to use it as like a manual. So Yeah. And we saw that in our online store as well. And so if you want to see that along with kind of other resources, you can go to onsiteworkshops.com backslash mercantile and not even plugging our own products. But another thing that comes to mind is we do have that class called Becoming Emotionally Smart. And that class has been so transformational for me. It's such such great foundational work. None of it is like mind blowing, but it's so life changing. And I think that's often the things with mental health is it's not mind blowing. It's just life-changing because it's accessible and it's like, oh, no, this is practical. But Becoming Emotionally Smart is all about 
understand or recognizing your emotions, mm-hmm. tracing back to where they came from, and then learning how to unlock them or yeah. leverage them Thoughtful to unlock. Manage and leverage, yeah. yeah. So you can unlock your potential. And I think so many of us were taught to not feel our emotions. Yes. Or not notice them and definitely not let them like direct us or right. like inform our lives. It was like emotions are something that we had on the side, good ones and quote unquote, what we would label bad ones sometimes. But I love that that class kind of equips people to notice their emotions, Mm -hmm. understand them, and then engage with them. Yeah. And so if you want to check out about that class too, you can go to onsiteworkshops.com backslash becoming and you can check that out too. And you can save $20 with the code podcast. Yes. You were on it. I was like, make sure you give them that code. They're my people. I give them the code. We give them the code. Um, But those are just a few really helpful resources that have helped us kind of normalize conversations around mental health. Yeah. I think there's so much more I want to talk about in this topic. Yeah, but we could talk. We're going to wrap it up for it. you today. We'll um, keep it short. But we just <laughs> hope that you feel the permission um, and feel the space to to talk about your mental health and to care for it. Yeah, and if as you explore that, if you mm. find you do need resources, yep. or if you're recognizing things that are coming up for you, of like, oh no, as I'm talking about it, I I do need some more help. You can obviously reference back some of our episodes around how to ask for help. Um, but also, we have a resource that we can put in the show notes, and we'll link online too. But just a list of resources mm-hmm. for you if you need it for hotlines and crisis intervention and other things, just to come alongside you. So if you're needing extra support, make sure to check that out today. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. If you want to hear more from OnSite, find us on social media at OnSite Workshops. 